Required listening with Amazon Music. Dad music again? The greatest guitarist of all time. Wait, who? Alexa, add this song to a new playlist. Sure, what's the new playlist name? Jack's intro to classic rock. Adding Stepping Stone by Jimi Hendrix to Jack's intro to classic rock playlist. Amazon Music, the simplest way to listen to the music you and soon he will love. New customers start your 30-day free trial at AmazonMusic.com. Renews automatically, cancel anytime. Who is Mark Weber? He's a self-made business executive here to help you find your success. From the New York City projects to the Avenue Montaigne in Paris. His global success story in the luxury world of fashion is inspirational. He's gone from clerk to CEO twice. Mark is classic proof that the American dream is alive and well. Here's your host of Always in Fashion, Mark Weber. This is Mark Weber. This is business. This is always in fashion. And remember, success, of course, is always in fashion. Talk about fighting. I'm listening to the song. I'm a boxing fan. I love to watch well-trained fighters go at it. I also really like the UFC. Not as much as boxing, though. Maybe it's um, a generational thing. I don't know. I think, though, it's hard to find champions in MMA, mixed martial arts. They're always losing to a punch or a headlock, submission. Even Conor McGregor, $100 million man, lost twice before he fought Mayweather. Ronda Rousey, for example, unstoppable for 11 fights. Now, gone. Nonetheless, I'm a fight fan. But this is a business show. And simply put, fighting never works in business. I'm not talking physical. That we shouldn't even talk about. You know, I assume you're not mutants out there. Nobody fights physically in business. There's no such thing. But psychological or verbal battles in business, fights or arguments, should never take place. They do. But for you, the people I'm worried about, the people I care about, my listening audience, you're here to learn, never, ever, ever get into a business fight. You don't have to agree with everything. But you shouldn't be fighting. Arguments are not won or lost in business. You always lose. Even if you're right, it's the hard feelings that are never forgotten. Not then, not ever. That's human nature. I've been thinking a lot about arguing this week. Can't help it. Turn on the news. All the politicians can't stop fighting. They agree on nothing. They can't stand one another. No wonder the government would do anything to do nothing. Got me to thinking about arguing tonight on Always in Fashion. And in turn, I'll tell you what we're going to call this show. We're going to call this show Fight Night. That's our show tonight on Always in Fashion. Now, I will tell you, never get into an argument at work. I know that might be impossible. But if you're going to argue, you should argue to win. 
get your pencils now because I'm going to give you the secret to winning in business and in life. By the way, I'm struggling with uh, my throat tonight. If I sound a little different, bear with me. I'm bearing with me. I was just saying, here's the key to arguments in business or in life. And I want you to write this down. Webb is law. The only argument I ever want to have is when the other person is in an indefensible position. If their position is indefensible, they can only lose and you can only win. It's simple to understand. It's very simple to say. It's not so simple to put in practice. Now, here's someone I never fight with, my son and co-host, Jesse Weber. Hey, Jesse, we have a fight? We fought, but I will say that our fights are not fair by any stretch of the imagination. You know why? Because you never give me a chance to argue. What does that mean? You're in your own world. You make me crazy. It's so <laughs> annoying. I try to make a point to you, and you don't even let give me the opportunity for you to listen to it. I push you. I push you. It's just... You either ignore me or you leave. You know how frustrating that is? It's not a fight. It's just you walk away. Yeah, so what? So frustrating. And the reason is because it's because I care. It's because I care. That's what it is. If you were anybody, I wouldn't really care. But because you're my father, I want you to hear what I'm trying to say. And when you don't listen, it's... Maybe that's a good technique for our listeners out there. Someone wants to fight, just walk away and let them get crazy. But, you know, I don't want to argue with you because I'm always right. See, you're, you're in your own world again. I like it there. Listen, the problem is there's other people in the actual world. Okay, but here's the key. I know how to argue with you. I know how to play you. Because in the end, no matter what happens, you're going to feel guilty. Well, I don't want to fight with you. You're my father. I don't want to have any bad blood, so... Ah, you see, that's the point. You can't really win arguments unless the other person is in an indefensible position. They're just going to be proved wrong. And in business, the facts are the facts. Except, except, you're not going to like what I'm about to say out there. There's a couple of examples. First of all, the toughest argument you're ever going to have is with a stupid person. Now, I know that's not politically correct, but there's nothing worse than arguing with a stupid person because they don't know they're stupid. So you can't win that argument. You can't reason with them. You know, I'm thinking about it. We... (laughs) We did have really one bad argument once, and it wasn't even business-related. It was referring to a girl that I was dating, and I have to be the first one to tell you I was very stupid that day. But that was a bad argument. That's a whole conversation for another day. But I'll admit I was stupid, and I couldn't be reasoned with. Hey, listen, when it comes to when it comes to girls, uh, reason doesn't take over. All right, so first up, it's difficult to argue with stupid people because you're talking to the wall, and it just doesn't work. Secondly, being that this is an apparel and luxury show, I'll use an example Let's talk about sizes, extra large, extra, extra large. Whether people with extra large or extra, extra large egos can't argue with them. You see, they don't want the truth. They're often wrong and they're never in doubt. Under the heading of fight night, I want to give you the benefits I've learned along the way and discuss my experience with business fights. You like this topic, Jesse? I do, because a lot of people struggle with trying to stand up for themselves while also balancing a workplace environment. That's an interesting balance right there. Well, as I said, you can't be combative because if you're fighting and arguing, you can't win. It looks You look bad. And secondly, you got to make sure your position is very solid. With that as a backdrop, I have a great story to tell you. It's about a fellow named John. 
I'll give you some background. When I was at Donna Karen, they had a wonderful jeans company that they had partnered with someone else. They licensed it. They rented it to another company. And as luck or the lack of luck would have it, the company wasn't doing very well. I was angry about it. But they weren't doing very well in their core businesses either. And one day, a fellow named Gilbert Harrison called me. Gilbert's been my guest on the air. He's the chairman of a company called Financo, or maybe the ex-chairman. I think he just stepped down. Long, illustrious career as an investment banker. He called me and said, Mark, we got to talk. And he said, can we meet for a drink? I said, absolutely. So I went and met Gilbert. And he said to me, the company that is uh, manufacturing my jeans collection for DKNY is going to destroy your brand. You have to buy the company back. And I remember getting angry. I said, are you threatening me, Gilbert? He said, what do you mean threatening you? I said, just told me if I don't buy the company back, the guy's going to destroy it. And he pretty much said to me, Mark, be a man. What are you talking about? I'm trying to help you. And that was an interesting lesson. He was, as life turned out. He was trying to tell me. Anyway, the CEO of the company named John wasn't doing very well with the company, wasn't doing very well with our brand, and he was threatening to sell it to distribution that we just couldn't live with. DKY, to this day, is a uh, a diffusion brand from the luxury brand, Donna Karen. You want to find DKY, it looks amazing at Macy's. Four floors, different shops, one for handbags, one for shoes, one for um, sportswear. Oh, actually, one for activewear. And then you can find the brand in both men's clothing and women's clothing in um and uh, top coats and outerwear. Great company, great company. I was there for nine years. I loved the company, so I took it very personally that the jeans weren't doing well. So Gilbert suggested I call the CEO, John, of this other company and sit down with him and talk about the business. So I called this fellow, John, and he said, look, uh, we'd like to get together, myself and my chief operating officer, my attorney, blah, 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 whatever his name was. So I said to myself, okay, I'll meet you at your offices, whatever time. And he said, okay. I said, I'll bring my attorney. He said to me, you don't need an attorney. I said, well, you have an attorney. He says, he's not acting as an attorney. Hmm. Jesse, what's the rule? If I'm going to a meeting and there's an attorney in the room, I was always taught you should have your own attorney there. Oh, you definitely should. Attorneys get you out of trouble, and especially since the attorney for the corporation doesn't really represent you. They represent the company. So if you're going to represent the company, they should be there, especially there's another attorney in the room. Now, he's saying this fella, his attorney, was not acting like an attorney. Is that real? Uh, so, I mean, the guy could be an attorney, but his role in the company is not the general counsel. But you still have a guy that has a legal knowledge and knows from right and wrong. What's the harm in bringing your counsel? So, make a long story short, I had said to him on the phone, listen, let's just be you and I. I won't bring my attorney. You won't have yours. And uh, I went up to see him. I get up there. And I brought my chief operating officer, and he brought his, and sure enough, it was an attorney. So my back went up, and I said to this CEO, John, hey, John, I thought we'd discuss not having an attorney because I didn't bring mine. And I said, either what we should do is either your guy leave and we continue on, or, you know, I'm only a short way away. Why don't I have my attorney come up and join me? And he went ballistic. 
I'm talking about screaming in the top of his lungs. How dare you mother effer, da 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 screaming at me, telling me that I shouldn't tell him how to run his company. And I'll never forget feeling that I'm dead right here. I was in control. I said to him, with all due respect, he can either leave the room or I'll bring my attorney. I'm not telling you how to run your company, but I grew up knowing that if my opposing company that I'm meeting with, whether you're my partner or not, has an attorney in the room, I need one. And he went off again. He literally stood up on the chair, screaming at me on the top of his lungs, telling me what a dirtbag I was, and he left. Wow. That <laughs> right? is, you talk about arguing? This is like a yeah. classic example. So, you know, the guy was bizarre. You see, the interesting thing, though, Jesse, is, uh, and you out there, is you represent a company, you don't own the company. You're a worker. I don't care how big your title is. I'm a CEO. I'm getting paid as a worker. I don't own the company. I don't own the chair I sat in. So I was always concerned in all of my business dealings to make sure I handled things appropriately, make sure if something didn't go right that I had it covered and that I could explain it. And sure enough, having my chief operating officer to see it, if this thing blew up any worse than it already did, she was there, she witnessed it, and she knew that I handled myself impeccably, frankly. Businessman, respectful, but I held my ground. So we were starting to leave on our own. I went to the front desk, and I asked the uh, receptionist. I had the presence of mind to say, would you ask John to come back out, tell him I'd like to talk to him, I don't want to leave on such a bad note. So she said, okay. Five minutes later, John came out. And even crazier than when we were before. The man was a complete crazy, crazy. We never got to the subject of the meeting. Oh, man, I would have loved to just, you have the meeting just to see what he's like. Yeah. Well, I wasn't surprised, as I said. And to make a long story short, I had him dead to rights. And over the course of time, we did have the meeting. And I did buy back the company. And he did behave differently because whether he will ever admit it or not, he lost, he knew, he behaved inappropriately. And although he wasn't concerned about his board finding out the way he behaved, I don't understand that because he didn't own the CD Saturn either. He lost the argument in the end, we did it. But that's what you're dealing with in business meetings. You never want to lose your cool. And if you're going to get in an argument, make sure you're right. I knew the law was on my side. I knew I was trained well. In my earlier shows, I always said it. I don't know if I'm smart, but I know I'm trained well. And there you go. So that's the beginning of Fight Night here on Always in Fashion on WABC, 770 AM in New York, and on 103.9 FM in New York. We'll take a break. We'll be back in a minute to continue fighting. Always in Fashion. This is Mark Weber. This is Always in Fashion. And I'm pleased to announce we have a new supporter of our show, Wilson's Leather. Wilson's Leather is a company that was established in the 1850s when people were actually traveling in the pioneer wilderness, they're authentic, creating skins and leathers that fit you and look great. I've enjoyed their products, and every product that we select for this show as a sponsor has to work. Their leathers are outstanding. The quality and the style, amazing. Wilson's Leather, though, is not just about leather. They are one of the finest outerwear retailers in the world. You can find some of the best designer brands, some of the greatest national brands, all spread throughout this assortment. Wilson's Leather has men's outerwear and women's outerwear. Always amazing style, always in fashion, and always priced 
fairly, attractive pricing, pricing that will allow you to enter that company, enter those stores, and find something that you can afford. And the good news is you're not buying price. The price happens to be there on great quality, great styled outerwear. Wilson's Leather. I suggest you shop them online in your favorite store, or they even have outlet stores with their name above the door. I think you'll be really, really happy. Enjoy Wilson's Leather. Welcome back to Always in Fashion. Here's your host, Mark Weber. I'm telling you straight. It's my way or the highway. So anybody wants to walk, do it now. All right. People who really want to have a good time won't come to a slaughterhouse. And we've got entirely too many troublemakers here. Too many uh, 40-year-old adolescents, felons, power drinkers, and trustees of modern chemistry. It's going to change. And that sure sounds good. But a lot of the guys who come in here, we can't handle one-on-one. Even two-on-one. Don't worry about it. All you have to do is follow three simple rules. One, never underestimate your opponent. Expect the unexpected. Two, take it outside. Never start anything inside the bar unless it's absolutely necessary. And three, be nice. Come on. Be nice. If you won't walk, walk him. But be nice. If you can't walk him, one of the others will help you. And you'll both be nice. I want you to remember that it's a job. It's nothing personal. Uh-huh. I want you to be nice until it's time to not be nice. This is Mark Weber. This is business. And this is fight night on Always in Fashion. That was Patrick Swayze in one of my favorite movies, Roadhouse. I must have seen it a hundred times. The theme of tonight's show is I want you to be nice until it's time not to be nice. In business, there's no room for fighting. You will never win, even if you're dead right. Even if you have that guy or that gal dead to rights, you won't win. You'll create ill will, ill feelings. But if you're going to get into an argument... Make sure the only argument you ever get into comes from Webb's law that the other person is in an indefensible position. They can't support what they're saying. You don't have to fight. You could be nice. There are rules. Don't fight. If you do, it's not personal. And if you're forced to have some kind of confrontational, try and be respectful and make sure that the other person is in an indefensible position. Was that clear enough, Jesse? Oh, that was pretty clear. I like that clip. It's a great movie, amazing movie, and it applies to all aspects of fighting. Because if you're the cool, calm, collected one, you know you're in the right. Oh, it drives people crazy, like you said in the earlier segment. You fight with me and I walk away. No, but I do that too. If If someone fights with me and I just go, okay, okay, they get more angry that they can't elicit an angry response from me. I believe you can't win business fights. I believe I've had tons of them. I believe I've lost my cool only a handful of times. I know when I lose my cool, I can't win the argument. 
But I also know that any argument I ever want to get into in business or in life is with someone when I know that their position is indefensible, that you or me are 100% right. I have the facts and the figures and the behavior to support my position. Then you can't lose the argument. Just can't. You're right. I've got an idea. Do you know, Jesse, what the biggest arguments that people have and companies surround? Mm, where to have lunch for the day? <laughs> no, seriously. If I had to guess, I would say probably salary discussions. Boom, that's it. Unfortunately, your idea of worth when you're a worker working for a company is often off. It's often off. You think more of yourself than most people do. Usually there's company policy, there are bosses, there are governing rules that make the decision about compensation. Salary is only one part of your compensation. There are benefits like 401k or a pension plan. There are bonuses and, of course, what you get paid every week. All of those things need to be taken into consideration when you're talking about what you get paid for the job you do. But remember, you're not in charge. There's a boss and their company that make these decisions. If you get a raise you don't like, if it becomes an argument, you lose. If your bonus is less than you think it should be, or less than you think you were promised, if it's an argument, you lose. This is fight night on Always in Fashion. Let's have a money fight. Jesse, have an idea. Okay. Let's make believe. You are working for me. I do work for you. <laughs> On the radio. Yeah, okay, fair. But let's just make believe. Let's have a sequence here, an idea. I'm going to give you a 3% increase this year. Last year, you did a great job. I gave you 15%. Let's have this argument, and I want you to behave stupidly. I want you to behave angry and lose your cool at me because you don't like what I paid you. Okay, okay. 3% this year, 15% last year. This is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. Do you know how much value I bring to the company? This isn't fair. This isn't, how dare you do 3% this year when I had 15% last year? Do you know what other companies would pay me? All right, one thing at a time. Is that how you feel? That's exactly how I feel. Well, I'm sorry to hear you feel that way. First of all, company procedure is 3% across the board. We have to average 3%. And yes, you did get 15%, but you don't just bank that. You're way ahead of the curve. And I would tell you something else. You don't know that you're so great. I'm the one who decides you're great, not you. Uh, I talk to other people in the company. I talk to the customers. I talk to the suppliers. They all value me. I checked with other companies. People in my position, they're making 20% bonuses. I'm going to miss you. If you really feel that way, why do I need you here? I All mean, right. listen, I'll be honest with you. I really like you. You're doing a good job. But if you really feel that the grass is greener and you really feel that you should be on another company, and if you don't feel this company's fair, when I will tell you we're very fair, you still haven't gotten your bonus, which has been very generous, maybe you do better somewhere else. All right, look, I'm sorry, but what's really going on is that I'm sorry I lost my cool. I have another kid on the way. We just moved to... A better apartment. I, I need this. You I need? need? I need it. Well, being that you're making me part of your family decisions, first of all, I didn't tell you to have another child if you can't afford it. Secondly, if you can't afford the other apartment, why are you moving there? 
My advice to you, being that you're my friend now and you want to talk about this, is you're bringing things to the office that you should never bring. I really don't care that you're trading up your lifestyle. My advice to you would be as it would be to my son. If you're going to spend more money, you better earn more money, and you certainly shouldn't spend it before you earn it. It's not the company's responsibility to keep you in the lifestyle that you feel you're entitled to. Our job is to treat 10,000 employees fairly. And we believe that we've done that with you. And I also believe that this is totally ungrateful because you did get 15% last year when the policies and the situation was derived. And your bonus has been very generous, which I don't think I've heard you mention. So I really have a problem with this. Well, I think it's not fair because I work every weekend. I come in early. I'm the last one to leave. I work harder than everyone else. It's just not fair. Well, I don't know where you get this word fair, but if you want to have the fair conversation, the best you can hope for a company is to be treated fairly. There are people who are only going to get 1%. There are people who aren't getting any raises. We look at your salary and the job you do, and thank you for coming in. But coming in early or leaving late is not a badge of honor. It's the way you do your job. If you can get your job done properly during the day, I don't need you to come in on the weekends. Be more efficient. I'm very surprised at you. I just feel that the thing is, is I don't think you're valuing what I do here. I really don't think you're valuing it. And I think you're overvaluing it. You're not in a position to look at the 10,000 other employees. You're not in a position to look at the other 100 people in your division. I do. I'm charged with making sure there's a policy and a plan that's treated equitably amongst all those people. And I frankly do not appreciate your behavior, nor do I like what you have to say. Now, ladies and gentlemen, you just heard what happens if you go into a room, you ask for a raise, and you don't do it well. Way to lose the support of your company and your boss. Now, in the interest of uh, time, let's see if we can do the same scenario where I'm going to give you the same 3%, but you're going to handle it correctly. So now let's do it in a way that we want our audience to learn from, the right way to do it. And by the way, I'm having trouble with my voice tonight, so it's not your radio. I'm trying hard. Okay, let's do it right now, Jess. Go ahead. All right, so this is the right way. 3% raise. First, let me just say, I really do appreciate the increase in my salary. It means a lot to me, and I love this company. I enjoy coming in every day. I enjoy what I'm doing. And I appreciate the work and all the responsibility that I get. And most importantly, I love the relationships that I'm building with you, with the team. That's what's important to me. Now, having said this, I have to talk to you. I was surprised when I saw that my increase was only 3% when last year it was 15%. And I was surprised because I thought I would receive the same percentage that I earned last year. Can you just Uh, maybe explain what the discrepancy is, what the difference is about? Sure, Jesse. First of all, let me tell you, I appreciate the fact that you are uh, a person that respects the company, the people in the company, and the process that we go through. Last year was an extraordinary year, and yes, we gave you 15%. And at the time, if you remember, when I gave it to you, I said you can't expect it every year. While I would like to do it every year, you can't expect it. 
I would tell you right now, in this year, in this environment, where we are, the 3% is more than fair. There are a lot of people in the company, frankly, who are going to get no raises based on the uh, criteria that we put in place. And most people will get between 1% and 2%. Having said that, though, I, I, I hear you. And because of um, the seriousness which which you present your case, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to go back and look at the numbers and see whether or not there is something that I could do, either in increasing the number or take a look at where you are in the bonus to make sure that we are taking care of you because you are a great guy to have in the company. We really, really appreciate you. Thanks for the conversation. Bear with me, okay? Therein lies the example of the two I gave you. One Jesse came in like a complete moron. He will not do well in this company as long as I'm in this position. And frankly, anyone who asks me about him, I'm going to think that maybe he just doesn't understand how companies work. Maybe he's immature. Maybe he's disrespectful. Maybe he's a hothead. Maybe he just doesn't know how to behave, and maybe he doesn't belong with us. On the other hand, the good Jesse has got a future here. I really respected the fact that he was disappointed. I respected the fact that he was open to discuss it and listen. And I respected enough about him that I'm going to go back and think twice about whether or not I should give him some more because he's the kind of person we want to have with the company. Fights in business don't work. And very often, salary is the reason. This is fight night on Always in Fashion. We'll continue in a moment and come back and fight some more. Always in Fashion. This is Mark Weber, and you're listening to Always in Fashion. And right now, I'm about to give you one of my favorite endorsements. I think the best men's shoes out there right now are Aquatalia. I know. I am a men's shoe guy. I care about shoes. Suede is my favorite fabric of all, and Aquatalia has an amazing array of suede shoes and boots. They come in different colors. They look great. Not only that, the leather shoes just have the right styles. Now, I'll tell you what, as I've told you in our show, I'm a very thorough guy. And part of it, I went to Aquatalia's store, and I went and talked to the salespeople. One of the guys in there, I asked him, I said, I love those navy blue shoes. And he said outright to me, I wore a version of them last fall, all through the rain, all through the snow, never ruined them. And that's the secret here. Not only the styles, great looking. Not only the shoes, exceptional quality that last. You can wear them all the time because they're waterproof, hence the name Aqua Talia. This is a great collection of shoes for men, both in suede and leathers. You can't go wrong, and they're comfortable. Anywhere you go, Aqua Talia shoes are going to make you look better. I endorse it wholeheartedly because I know men's shoes. This is Mark Weber saying to you guys out there, buy Aquatalia. Go look for them. You're going to be very happy. Welcome back to Always in Fashion. Here's your host, Mark Weber. This is Mark Weber. Tonight is fight night on Always in Fashion. I'm a big fan of the fight game. I love watching two real professionals boxing match in the ring on television. I love going. I like the MMA. Powerful, powerful things to watch. But I'll tell you one thing in business, there's no such thing as a powerful fight. Anybody who fights in business loses their cool. Loses. Can't win once you lose your cool. That's what we're talking tonight about 
on Always in Fashion, Fight Night. I want to talk about losing my cool. Your perfect host hasn't always held it together. I've lost my cool more times than I care to admit. I'll never forget, I was a young president. I was running the Van Usen Shirt Company. I was making a nice living, but I had a bonus that was incredible. It could be 220% of my income. So if I made $100,000, my bonus could be 220000 Imagine, for a young guy. Well, I imagined it. I banked it. I had an amazing year. I had the kind of year I remember. My ROI was 25%. I remember the CEO of the company telling me my return on investment. If I ever got to 20%, they would have a marching band for me. And I remember that year we had record profits. I was the president. And my ROI was 26%. I looked out the window for the marching band that wasn't there, but I figured at bonus time it would be. And I'll never forget, I got my bonus, 100%, and I went crazy angry. What do you mean 100%? My bonus went up to 220%. You yourself told me that if I ever got to a 20% ROI, I would have a marching band. I hit 26%. Record profits? He looked at me and said, you didn't really believe you can get a 220% bonus. I said, yeah, I effing did believe it. You told me enough during the year. Da, 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 da. I went crazy. The room went silent when I finally calmed down. And he looked at me and said, if that's how you feel, I'm not sure this is the right company for you. I walked out, stormed off, went to my office, went to my direct report to my boss, told him what happened. He said, are you out of your mind? Go back and apologize. And I did. I learned the lesson very early. If you lose your cool, you can't win. You just can't. But here's another story for you. I like this one. In my last assignment with Louis Vuitton, Moet Hennessy, I was the CEO of that company in the United States, and I had a number of different companies that I was responsible for. One of them was the Donna Karen Company. And the largest division within Donna Karen was the DKNY division. And I was running it. I had many different divisions in there. But the largest division was run by a woman, I'll change the name to protect the innocent, called Joan. And Joan traditionally had huge, huge profits. Huge. In 2015, I had one of the worst blow-ups in my career. It was all on me. I was right. But I blew up. I lose. Never forget how I felt, but I'll tell you the story. I was sitting in front of one of our presidents, Joan, talking about profits. And this particular division always had, for want of a better expression, I'll give you an example, over $50 million in profits every year. That was the beginning of the year, and financial time was always a difficult time. A lot of things are going on when you're planning your financials. First of all, the company is looking at how you did last year, and they're expecting you to improve on last year. Jesse, ever talk to you about why, as a sidebar, companies need to grow every year? Because you can't stay still. Your expenses go up. There you go. Every year there's inflation. Rent goes up, gas goes up, water goes up, electric goes up, your rent goes up. Therefore, even if you're a great company, if you made $50 million last year, in order to make $50 million this year, you have to either 
cut your expenses or your overhead or you have to make more. So there's always pressure to grow. That's one thing going on financial time. Second thing is, is bonuses for every individual in a company are usually targeted around the income. So if you made $50 million in 2014, if you want an exemplary bonus in 2015, you have to show growth. Now, here's the game. If I made $50 million this year, and I come in and say, the currency is working against us, the pound has appreciated against the dollar, and we revert back the currencies, we're not going to make as much money, trade agreements are kicking in, taxes are up, I can't raise my prices as much as I want, I'm only going to make $40 million this year. Bonus time comes around, and my division president hits $40 million. That's the new lower bar. And he or she's going to get a good bonus based on $40 million. And if they really know that they did $50 million the year before, and they're going to do again $50 million, if they say forty and they hit fifty, they're going to get a super bonus for the same amount of money in profit. So there's a game going on. Anybody who walks into a room in a bonus calculation, it's in their mind if they're the president. They're trying to get you, the boss, to accept the lowest number because when bonuses are calculated, even if they do the same number as last year, they're going to get a much bigger bonus. So it's a game. And with this as a backdrop, I walked into a meeting with this woman named Joan, one of the largest profit contributors in the company. And she presented me with a business plan that showed our profits are going to shrink. I'm going to give you fake numbers from 50 million down to 20 million. And every answer she gave to the questions I asked were more, hmm, what word should I use? I was going to say BS. You know, it's one thing to want to improve your bonus, but don't lie to me to my face. Don't try to scare the heck out of me. When you're making $50 million and then you come in and tell me you're going to make 20. And every single answer she gave me was nonsense. I didn't just fall out of a tree. I had experience. I knew the business as well as most people. Not as closely as she did because she's living it every day. But I knew what was going on. And she refused to budge. And she gave me more and more and more nonsense. And she refused to budge. And finally, I lost it. And I started yelling. And I said, I don't care what you think of me. I do care what you think about this company. And for you to come in here with these ridiculous, insulting numbers, I don't have to sit here and listen to this. I can't believe how disrespectful you are, how stupid you think we all are, and how you don't understand that if your numbers go down from 50 million to 20 million, you're bankrupting this company. You're bankrupting and setting us back and putting everything we've done in jeopardy. We have partners in, in Paris who are expecting more of us. And I kind of lost my cool. I, don't, I never forgot it because I got up and said, I can't look at you anymore. I don't want to talk to you anymore. And I left the boardroom and I never went back. I went to my office and I said what I told you before. The only argument I ever want to get in is when the other person's in an indefensible position. And Joan was taking a position that was indefensible but I lost my cool. 
and therefore I lost. I had to explain myself to the CFO, and ultimately over the course of the next few weeks, anybody who was in that meeting, I tried to have to explain myself. I shouldn't have had to, I'm big time CEO, but I did, because I blew it. I lost my cool, I got into a fight in business, and even though I was dead right, I lost. I'll take the story a little further. The problem with that meeting, she convinced my chief financial officer that we were only going to make $20 million, not 50 that we made the year before. Remember, these numbers are rounded. They're not necessarily the real numbers. The real numbers don't matter. The point I'm making does matter. And I had to go with my chief financial office and all these division people to Paris to present our strategic plan. I remember it was October that year. And I remember telling Jesse, this is going to be the worst meeting I've ever been in. I get to Paris, and in my day, you know, my children were always invited to everything. It was a part of me. You want to do business with Mark Weber, you want him to work for you, you have to accept his children. I wanted my children to learn whatever was going on. Jesse and I go into the board meeting in Paris to meet with the president, the chief financial officer, and all his team in France, Avenue Montaigne, in the boardroom, overlooking the Eiffel Tower to present a horrible financial plan. Do you remember how uncomfortable that meeting was, Jesse? Oh, yes. You were 100% right. I go in the meeting, and I think from the minute it started to the minute it ended, it was extremely uncomfortable. And I, what it was great is I just watched the faces of all the people on the opposite side. And you could see their faces trying to cover up their tells. It was like poker players trying to cover up how disappointed they were. But it was so obvious. And I was looking at you, and I think at one point you looked at me like, Told you. I was right. This wasn't going to be a good meeting. Yeah, I knew what to expect. We presented the case. I felt weak. I didn't believe it. I knew the numbers would be better. And I did my best to get out of the meeting. But it was one of the worst meetings I ever remember. And it all stemmed back to that screaming match I had with Joan when I walked out. Now, fast forward to December 31st, 2015, when we finished the year. Joan's division made $10 million more than the year they did before. And I had a record year. But the only thing was remembered was how ugly those meetings were. Now, in the end, we all got great bonuses and everything went well, but I never forgot what it felt like to deliver such bad numbers. And it all came from a fight that Jones started that I paid for. With that, I hope it was interesting. Take a break. We'll talk some more fighting on Always in Fashion's Fight Night. Always in Fashion. This is Mark Weber from Always in Fashion. I've talked to you before about the Van Usen Flex Collar shirt, the shirt that moves with you when you move, the unbelievably comfortable Flex Collar, expandable collar. I have great news from you from Van Usen. They have now expanded from Flex Collars to entire collection of men's sportswear, pants, knitwear, and, of course, the Flex Collar dress shirt. If you're a casual Friday company, you still have to look right. You're still in business. You're still competing with everyone else around you. Now you could do it in style and comfort. Pants with stretch fabric and stretch technology that allow you to be comfortable whatever your activities are that day. And all the shirts and all the sportswear that you can now buy under that Flex collection are uniquely you. Great looking style, great comfort from Van Usen, the Flex collection. Welcome back to Always in Fashion. Here's your host, Mark Weber.
This is Mark Webber. That's fighting music. And this is fight night. On always in fashion. I love fighting, except in business. I love watching. I don't like being in it. Business, if you fight, you lose. I don't care who you are. You get in an argument, CEO, president, or clerk, you lose. I want you to remember that, if nothing else tonight, don't get in arguments. You're allowed to give your opinion. You're allowed to disagree. You don't have to agree with everyone around you, but there's a way to say things. I've always said packaging yourself is as important as the products you package. The way you approach things that don't feel right to you. I would like you to consider, I've given this some thought. While I won't say you're wrong, I do think there's something else we should be thinking about. I have a thought. Have we considered this? Any one of those sentences as a startup to a conversation you might not agree is definitely better than fighting. And that is what we've been talking about on Fight Night. I hope you didn't miss the earlier segments. Now I want to have some fun. I was lucky to have a boss that I worked for for almost 30 years. He was a mentor and a genius. And he treated me like a a father. I would have never, ever, ever, ever been successful without him. Right before the last five years, we started fighting like crazy. Crazy. We just didn't get along on anything. It was so ugly. I mean, this is a man I loved. I know he felt the same way about me. And together we built Van Usen and we were together. Words and music, always working. We were fighting like crazy. Until one day he had an idea. He hired an industrial psychologist. The guy was on our board and asked him to come in to talk to us. He looked at my boss and he said to him, do you respect Mark? And he said, more than anyone I ever work with. Do you like Mark? Yes, I really, really like Mark. Do you think he's good at what he does? No, I think he's great at what he does. Do you trust his judgment? I trust his judgment. Is there anything about him that you would change? No. That's what he said about me. Then he looked at me and asked me, do you respect your boss? I said, more than anyone in the world. Do you think he's smart? I said, no, I think he's brilliant. You think he's smarter than you? I said, I'm pretty smart but I can't keep up with him. Do you like the way he managed the company? I said, absolutely. I learn from him every day. You think he's a good guy? I think not only is he a good guy, he cares about the world, he cares about the people everywhere, he wants to do the right thing all the time, he's always looking out for the people that work here. Is there anything you'd change about him, if you could? I said, no. Then he looked at us. He said, in all my career, I never worked with two people who would say that about each other, and yet you're fighting. Does it make any sense? And let me explain to you what I think the, ki- the issue is. Both of you are smart guys. Both of you process information differently. Let me start with your boss, Mark. He is linear. He's a linear thinker. Let me tell you what a linear thinker is. He goes from point A to point B in a straight line. He's fast. He has a point of view. He's confident. He knows where he wants to go, and he processes information as fast as anyone from point A to point B in a straight line. You, Mark, however, are different. You're a creative thinker. Interestingly enough, you get to the same answer as your boss, except you do it differently. 
You like to bring in the variables. You like to bring in creative ways to think about getting to that answer. You like to think about, is there better ways to get things done? You're also willing to challenge yourself because you know, whether you're smart, there's always another way to do that. So your line isn't straight. It's more zigzag. And in the end, it might take a little longer, but you get to the same place. Both of you get to the same place. And what I suggest is you understand that he's a linear thinker and you understand that he's a creative thinker and you'll get along much better. And I got to tell you, after that, we never had another fight in our career. We respected each other's different styles. And yes, it was true. We got to where we wanted to get always in business. You like that story? I do. I think it's important when people... Uh, disagree, they understand why they're disagreeing, right? Isn't that important? Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Let's recap to where we were at the beginning. You can't understand where I'm coming from because you walk out of the room. So you'll always have those disagreements. Web is world. I'm entitled. With that in mind, I want to remind you one thing. You know, the Old West, there was always people, gunslingers. There's always someone faster on the draw. Today, No matter how successful you are, there's always someone more successful. Today, no matter what car you have, somebody always has a nicer car. There's someone always richer. There's someone always smarter. In business, don't pick fights. You can't win. There's someone always always tougher. They have a bigger position. They're meaner. You don't want to fight. You can't win. I'll never forget somebody I work for had in their office a tapestry on his wall behind his desk. And it said, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil because I'm the meanest SOB in the valley. Keep that in mind. It's fight night. Always in fashion. This is Mark Weber on Always in Fashion. I have to admit, I shouldn't do this, but I will. I have a favorite shoe brand. It's called Aquatalia. And I'm going to tell you why. More than anything else, more than any other apparel item, I like suede shoes. And Aquitalia is one of the best, if not the best, purveyor of suede shoes for men and for women. I really like what they've done with suede shoes in their high booties, for ladies, the short booties, it's so trend right, and all their shoes. Aquitalia women's shoes have the right heel lengths. They offer a number of them, from the highest heel down to moderate versions that you'll like and feel comfortable in. But the key for Aquatalia is hidden in their name. These shoes are water-resistant. That's where the aqua comes from. And the Talia from Italian. These are Italian-looking shoes that will go with you wherever you go. They are extraordinarily comfortable. Ladies, for those of you who are wearing sneakers on the way to work, gosh, I hate looking at that. And I'm not sure you like it either. But you're doing it because your shoes are just not comfortable. Aquatalia women's shoes are comfortable. And on top of that, you can wear them in inclement weather. You're not going to ruin your suede or your leathers if it rains or even if it snows as we approach the season. Aquatalia has trend-right, exceptional-looking, Italian-influenced women's shoes that'll make you and your outfits look even better than you already do. Aquatalia shoes for ladies. Welcome back to Always in Fashion. Here's your host... Mark Weber.
city, New York City, greatest city in the world, I don't care what anyone says, you gotta be smart, we all work for companies here, there's no room for fighting in business, this is Fight Night on WABC, it's Fight Night on 103.9 FM, we don't fight in business, you can't win a fight, oh you could be smart, you can have a point of view, but if you're fighting, you're losing. Now, there are times you get into arguments. There's no way around it. My lesson for you tonight is the only argument you ever want to get in is when the other person is in an indefensible position. You can't lose in that regard because you got them dead to rights. You have the facts to support your position. But if you're fighting and you're arguing, you lose. We're all humans. We don't like to be argued with. We don't want people to talk to us disrespectfully. And you know what? We don't like the way it feels when we fight. Even if you win afterwards, there's that bad karma feeling you have. We're all in the city. We're all sophisticated. We're all on this show together, learning about business. So here's some business advice. Don't get in arguments. You can't win them. Told you stories tonight. Yeah, I lost my cool. I learned lessons from them. You have the benefit of being on the air with us and learning about them. Life from my mistakes. Don't lose your cool. There's a way to say things. The way you package yourself. You're allowed to have a point of view. You don't have to agree with everyone. But there's a way to deal with it. With that in mind, I hope you enjoyed tonight. This is Mark Weber with son Jesse Weber signing off and reminding you that success is always in fashion. Thank you for joining Mark Weber and always in fashion. See you next week.